Phantomaniacs, welcome to the newest episode of the Needless Things Podcast, where we talk about toys, movies, music, and all manner of pop culture dorkery. I am your host, Dave, and it is time for this month's Needless Commentary, which is the 1995 Mortal Kombat movie. Oh boy. (laughs) So, if you look back, this was the beginning of of Paul W.S. Anderson's career. I'm a big fan of his. Uh, I'm a big fan of this movie. And at the time, uh, this was a very well-done video game movie. And we'll talk about it a lot during the commentary, obviously. But I, I like this movie. Now, we have a new Mortal Kombat movie coming out on April 23rd, coming to theaters and HBO Max. And it looks to be more what we wanted out of this one at the time. We'll see how that does. Uh, But in the meantime, I encourage everybody to go back and watch this one again, if you haven't watched it in a while, and see how it holds up. Because, you know, excusing the CGI of the time and, and some of the other things that are purely products of the era, I think it holds up. I think it's a solid, fun movie. Uh, But we're going to talk all about it today on the episode. Before we get to that, there are a couple things to discuss. One, I got my second Pfizer vaccination shot Monday. Uh, It took a lot less time than the first shot. Uh, First one I got on March 22nd, I believe it was. And my arm, it took over an hour, or right about an hour to get the shot. Uh, and then the next day my arm just ached like crazy and that lasted about two days and other than that I was fine I think I, I was maybe a little woozy-ish but that was it this one uh, took a lot less time I was in and out uh, you have to wait 15 minutes after, or they recommend you wait 15 you don't have to do anything but they recommend you wait 15 minutes after you get the shot which I did so I was I was probably there for about an hour and a half an hour and a half, about half an hour. Uh, got out, did some running around, didn't have any luck. Oh, no, wait, I take that back. Okay, so remember last month's commentary, which was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Use. I mentioned that there was a variant of NECA's Super Shredder figure. And for the past, like, month, I've been seeing pictures on Instagram and everywhere else of just dozens of these things sitting in Walmarts. And I wanted to see it in person because it's it's purple and it's Kevin Nash and it's Shredder. So even though I've already got the original Super Shredder figure, actually I've got two because I'm holding on to one to get signed by Kevin Nash at some point. Uh, but even though I've got the first Super Shredder figure, I wanted to see this one. I just wanted to see what it looked like. And I hit, you know, last time after I got my vaccination, I, I had a massive toy run uh, because I went to a couple of Walmarts that uh, I don't usually go to uh, and and just had really good luck finding some stuff. Uh, This time around, I ended up just getting the new vintage collection Bespin Leia, which is a major upgrade over the other one. I, I didn't realize it 
until I went to galactichunter.com and saw his review of this figure and then I was like oh wow yeah I think I do need it and then I, I found it and then I found they had three uh, one Walmart and I still haven't seen this in any other Walmarts but they had three of this variant Super Shredder figure and it's beautiful it's in this really nice looking metallic box and uh, or, or the box you know it's a regular box but it's got a metallic finish on it and then you open it up and the figure itself is a metallic purple and the armor has a different it's more like gunmetal uh but it also has a metallic finish it just looks incredible so i i couldn't help myself i had to grab that too uh and i, I don't think i'm gonna take it out of the box right now it's just on my ninja turtle shelf but anyway i, I did a little run after the vaccination that's all i found no no big luck and i'm, I'm looking for castle grayskull i'm looking for any of the masters of wwe series five or six just I might stop collecting that because it's become so difficult to find those. It's just not worth it to me. Uh, looking for... Oh, uh, the Target Collector Series WWE figures. There's a British Bulldog out. Uh, there is a Zelina Vega out that are unfortunately Target exclusives. And I'm thinking back to the other... Because what what they do is they pack this one exclusive Collector's Edition figure it's in the case with the regular figures and those cases just go to target in theory and i've very rarely seen any of these that they've ever made uh and i'm i've lately kind of been trying to figure out in the atlanta area obviously we're a metropolitan hub and there are six walmarts i hit regularly and two targets i hit regularly and i could hit more targets but it's usually just not worthwhile to do it uh, well, there are more Walmarts I could hit for that matter, but in my normal range of travels. And I'm really trying to determine lately whether the stores just aren't getting stocked or if scalpers just always beat me, or other collectors, let's be fair, other collectors too, if, if other people just beat me to it all the time. And... I have come to the conclusion that even if it is other collectors or scalpers or whatever the case may be beating me to products all the time, well, they should be getting restocked. Like they shouldn't, there shouldn't be empty pegs always. Eventually the supply should meet the demand to the degree that I am finding something sometimes. So I really think we're in an era of massive distribution problems. I have switched almost entirely to ordering online when I can. Uh, which unfortunately with those Target exclusives is they, they don't do that. Uh, or if they do, it's one of those deals where you, you have to hit the 20-second window where they're up and available online, uh, like similar to the G.I. Joe Cobra Island releases. So I don't know. It's it's a frustrating time right now because, you know, the other end of it is we get these announcements three to six, six months in advance and you pre-order it and then just sit there and wait and hope that your pre-order gets fulfilled, which I will say for the most part, uh, I have had good luck with the whole pre-order thing. I haven't had very many instances of cancellation like a lot of other people have had. So that system works fairly well for me. Although I also tend to jump on those pre-orders like the minute they go up. I, I don't, if it's something that I feel like I'm gonna want and that I might potentially have a problem finding at retail, then I just go for the pre-order and I'll wait it out. Uh, so anyway, that's what's going on. <laughs> I went for, you'll notice 
I started talking about like real world adult things and and shifted into toy talk and that's literally my life in a nutshell uh to get back to the real world talk so the vaccine uh, really yesterday uh tuesday just hit me about 24 hours after i got it uh i just felt lousy zero energy very achy uh sniffly headache now i took some ibuprofen and that pretty much took care of the headache but just woozy out of it couldn't couldn't focus on anything didn't care about anything so called it out of work uh for the next day and got up and and was still to a degree where it was i just couldn't focus on anything i was just out of it it, it just made me it was almost like being high but without being fun i, I don't know it's, it was very very weird but it's fading now uh i'm i'm kind of again able to focus and concentrate on things and uh i've got a little more energy i I skipped my workout yesterday which i i try to not ever 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 do but i knew one i didn't have the energy to do it and two uh take it easy has been the advice that i've heard for these after effects of the vaccination shots so i didn't want to try and exert myself or or whatever so back on track uh, for the rest of the week, everything I'll be, you know, doing my workouts, everything else should be good to go. Uh, but I feel phenomenal because I got that second shot. I'm good to go. Uh, it's a good feeling. It's a fantastic feeling. Uh, so that's awesome. And something that's going to be even more awesome is you guys sitting back and listening to our Mortal Kombat needless commentary. But before we get to that, something that. I wish I had discussed more while we were recording, uh, which, by the way, next month we should be back to live recording in person, which will be wonderful. Uh, but I mentioned we mention the Mortal Kombat theme song a couple of times because it is used in the movie, which is one of the great things about the movie. Um, but I didn't go into detail about this theme song, so right now I'm just going to throw down some knowledge about this because I feel like I owe it to this incredible song, which I didn't even realize. Uh, and I probably knew this at some point in my life, but as of my current knowledge and things that spring to mind, uh, this this was basically a Lords of Acid song, which is fairly obvious when you listen to it but also so much mid-90s techno sounded so much like that um that you know you, you can't blame anybody for not realizing it but it's Pragacon and oliver adams uh from lords of acid which if you're not familiar with lords of acid uh you you want to get hyped up go pick up voodoo U. uh if you're under 18 don't look at the uncensored album cover uh by coop uh, 1994. Anyway, 1994, this Mortal Kombat, the album, came out featuring the well-known Mortal Kombat theme song. Uh, let's see here. And then, oh, it's actually called Techno Syndrome. That's the name of the Mortal Kombat theme song. Uh, but it has tracks for each character. Johnny Cage, Kano, Sub-Zero, Liu Kang, Scorpion, Sonya, Raiden, Goro. Uh, and then the, the final track is hypnotic house which i will assume is a remix of the mortal Kombat theme song but 
wow, this that song is so hype and is so awesome. And when it starts playing, I don't care who you are, if that doesn't get you pumped up, then you're just lying to yourself. So I just wanted to throw that out there, a little knowledge about that Mortal Kombat theme song, which I wish I could play right now, but as I've mentioned in the past, I'm really trying to avoid any kind of copyright entanglements uh, because this does get produced on YouTube. And who knows in the future if copyright stuff really starts getting cracked down on on podcasts could cause all kinds of problems for all kinds of podcasts, including past episodes of Needless Things. So anyway, uh, a little information for you that Mortal Kombat, the album, is still out there. You can still get the whole thing, and it's still like super pump up. I, I would say this is great workout music. This is something you could put on, go in the gym, and uh, punch along to Liu Kang, his theme song, Born in China. So there you go, a little information for you before we get into this month's Needless commentary. Joining me tonight are our part of our needless commentary team. Unfortunately, our good friend Arian Gulick has had a weekend that is nothing short of catastrophic, and a doctor's note allowed him to skip on this month's needless commentary, uh, which is Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. That's how that goes, right? Yes. That's exactly right. Uh, Your might. So this month was was technically supposed to be Ryan's pick, um, and we just got kind of down to the wire because everybody's just had tons of stuff going on. And I said, "Hey, why don't we watch what we're watching right now via the magic of Zoom?" Uh, th- this is the first time in a while we'll be watching the movie as we record our thoughts about the movie. I think it's going to be, it'll be a little different and weird, but this works better than the like three apps that we had to use at the same time. The first time we tried to do it this way. Yeah, that was super odd. <laughs> it was not cool. Uh, so, so anyway, we, we were kind of uh, down to the last minute and I was like, why not Mortal Kombat? And, and Ryan agreed. Yeah, it's, it's really relevant. And, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I want to wait till Arian's back before we do, uh, you know, Miami connection or samurai cop. <laughs> yeah. We got to save something good for him. Yeah. Uh, but th- this is, and, and just so nobody's confused, this is the 1995 mortal Kombat directed by Paul W S Anderson, who I personally love as a director. I think there's only one of his movies that I don't like. Uh, and I know he's quite controversial as far as what people think of the quality of his films. But to those people, I say, lighten up and have some fun. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, the man clearly knows what he's doing. Yeah, he well, this, Event Horizon, uh, Resident Evil, many of the Resident Evil movies, uh, lots, of, lots of fun movies that if you're going in to take a movie too seriously, then you're just not going to enjoy. Uh, but the magic he worked here, which this was the film that basically enabled all of his other movies because this was a very successful movie and he found the right mix of things that were directly from the video game and making it palatable to a mainstream audience, I guess. 
Yeah, I, I consider this the gold standard of like video game uh, based movies. Yeah, it's definitely one of the best. Uh, it's it's I think the first legitimately good one. Yeah, that we yeah, got for sure. Uh, also, this was when this came out. I was prime age for this movie. Uh, I mean, like Mortal Kombat was like me and my friends would dress up as Mortal Kombat characters and like fight each other in the yard. Like it was like everything that I was about was Mortal Kombat. So when this movie came out, like I was convinced this was the best movie ever made. And I thought it was going to be like when I revisited it, I thought it was going to like be one of those that you're like, oh, man, I wish I didn't revisit that. I wish I had those memories. Uh, But I'm still it's still just as good as I remember. Didn't you tell me you made like a sub-zero costume out of like a yeah, pillowcase or something? No, I, I cut up the pajamas. My mom bought me pajamas <laughs> and then I cut them up because they were blue and black and then I made a sub-zero costume. That's awesome. Yeah, it looked cool until my friend's mom who could actually sew made him a scorpion costume and he looked like legit and I was like sitting here with my dumb ass like fucking cut up. <laughs> So in 1995, when this came out, uh, we were three years into sort of Mortal Kombat mania because you you say you were the perfect age, but really anybody under like 21 was the perfect age because Mortal Kombat was a phenomenon. Like, oh yeah, my my dad was obsessed with it. He's one of the reasons we went to see it in the theater because he was like, hell yeah, like I love Mortal Kombat. It it was. You know, not necessarily the movie, which, uh, like I said, the movie did very, very well, but Mortal Kombat itself was almost like 1989 Batman, which we've talked about plenty of times on the show in its pop culture significance. Yeah, for sure. Uh, There was uh, a line of Mortal Kombat figures made by Hasbro in the G.I. Joe style, uh, Mortal Kombat everywhere. just really it was it was one of those things that just everybody knew what it was and of course you know my mom uh horrified by the idea of mortal Kombat, and i was in 1995 i was working in a video game exchange which is a now defunct basically predecessor to gamestop and we we sold mortal Kombat every day multiple copies on whatever systems uh matter of fact i think mortal Kombat 2 did it come out in 95 yeah, I believe so. I mean, I know for a fact it came out either right when this movie came out or before because there's a lot of stuff from Mortal Kombat 2 that they reference in this movie. Okay. So, yeah, because was Reptile in the first one? Briefly, like he was teased. But they do mention Kung Lao, and that's like from 2. I know that okay. fact. Uh, that's, and I'm, they mentioned Shokan at the end. Spoiler alert. At the end, Shokan, that's from 2. Okay. Okay. So the chances are it was that year where Mortal Kombat 2 hit. I want to say it came out either right right before or right after I started working there. Um and it was it was crazy. It was in in uh high full gear at the time. So movie-wise, uh they get Paul Anderson. He he was not yet Paul W.S. Anderson because he didn't have to differentiate himself from another director named Paul Anderson, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson, which very, very different directors there. <laughs> For sure. Uh, and he 
like I said, put together something that worked, I think, for video game fans and for the mainstream audience. It's a fun movie. It's an action movie. Uh, it's it's special effects heavy, but there it's mostly still practical effects and big giant sets that they built to look like things from the video game like and you're seeing these characters physically in these sets because at the time we're just starting to get into cgi stuff and there's some really bad cg in this movie that you know you you'll see over the next what probably 10 years i'd say 95 to 2005 is probably the the height of terrible cgi that we all for some reason accepted just because that's what it was yeah um, I, I, sp- I specifically remember this one and Spawn both oh, making gosh. me back then, like making me go, hmm, like yeah. I know this isn't right. Like it's cool, but what, why the, not, not so much Spawn, but like this one, I was like, there's still something wrong with this. Uh, and, but like you said, the practical effects hold up dramatically. Like they look fucking good. Well, that's what's so great about things like this and like uh, another video game reference, the Tomb Raider movie that used a lot of physical sets instead of just putting actors up against green screen is that stuff holds up. Even if you can look at it and be like, yeah, that's a set. I'd rather look at that than some digitized temple in the background. And I say that as we're watching Liu Kang walk up to the, was it the Temple of Light or whatever? Yeah, which is in Thailand. A lot of these places are. Yeah, yeah lots of we, stuff on location. Yeah. We actually were, um, like, the beach scenes and stuff, we've been to there. Oh, that's and, awesome. Also, yeah. funny story, I knew that when we were there, so I was like, oh, that's for Mortal Kombat, and that's for Mortal Kombat. And then, like, we got really, really drunk at this bar, and there was a DJ, and we just kept screaming at him to play the Mortal Kombat song. We're like, because he was playing stuff that sounded like the Mortal Kombat song. Yeah, he was right. playing like techno, techno dance stuff. music. And I'm like, just do it, man. You know, you know the song. He, so he was, he was thrilled. When the beat would kind of like shift, we would just turn and scream Mortal Kombat, and he would just shake his head and just put his head down <laughs> we had we had drank though five buckets of vodka oh my gosh um, which was a lot sand uh, pails like four dollars a piece kids sand pails they bring you with vodka and red bull and two straws um and i was like oh we should have one it's like the touristy thing to do well then five buckets later i was trying to pee in a squat toilet and screaming mortal Kombat at a dj in another country. You just said squat toilet as though this is a term that everybody is going to understand and recognize. (laughs) Uh, Just in case the listeners are not familiar with the concept of squat toilet, why don't you explain that to us? It's pretty much exactly what it sounds like. In uh, other, not Western, well, so like Eastern countries, um, they have squat toilets where it's it's a toilet like but it's on the floor and there's little like foot spots that you're supposed to put your feet on and you just squat down instead of like sitting on a toilet um and then there's a lot of times there's like a little ladle in like a like pot of water that you're supposed to like ladle water onto yourself to clean yourself off um and a lot of them have like a sink sprayer where you're supposed to like sink sprayer yourself after you're done doing your business. It's different in other countries. <laughs> oh my it's God. exciting when you find a Western toilet. 
Right. Yeah, I would imagine so. That sounds sometimes like they have Western lot. toilets and no toilet paper is just a sink sprayer. Um, so you have to kind of it's it's a different. sink. What do you have to waddle out to the sink to? No, no, no. It's like attached to the toilet. Like, but I, the only way I can describe it is like the thing you spray your dishes off with in the sink. Like, <laughs> shh, but it's like for your wahoo. That's gonna be that's gonna be the new term if I'm ever in a foreign country with you guys. I'd be like, hang on, I'm spraying my dishes. Just, <laughs> just wait a minute. <laughs> well, it's because it's like when you're a Westerner and you go there and you like, well. What the they just assume you've got dirty dishes. I'm just going to like have a wet ass for a while. Because, yeah, you don't want to have dirty dishes. That's you want to have clean dishes, but then the right? dishes are a little wet for a while. Because nobody wants to eat off a dirty dish. No. No. No, you got to spray him down real good. So this, this is the first lesson we've learned from Mortal Kombat. Squat toilet. This shit's gone dishes. off the rail. You Keep have to practice. clean. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not even drinking tonight because I, I got my... Okay, where are we all... Um, uh, Arian is out because he got, I think he got shot number two on Saturday. And then Ryan, you got it yesterday. Yeah. Like, like, uh, right before Walgreens closed at like 6 PM. Okay. And I got mine today and it's just, Nicole, where are you at? You haven't. No, you haven't mine is me. Wednesday. Okay. Okay. My so second just, shot's Wednesday. I'm just really, I've taken like four naps today. I'm just so tired and like, a little wonky, but I'm not, I don't like earlier. I got a headache and I was sniffling a little bit, but that just went away. And now I'm just, you're describing exactly how I felt. Really? Did you do yeah. you got Pfizer? Yeah. Okay. And, yeah, uh, that's, yeah. I got, I got Pfizer and, and I did have to work today cause I have a new job and I don't feel like calling yeah, out. Yeah. 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 Uh, which I think they would have been totally understanding with the fucking, you know, vaccine shit. But I still went in, but like all day, dude, I just felt like a zombie. I was like, I probably shouldn't be here. Like I, I wasn't sick. I just felt off. Yeah. yeah I got tired mm-hmm. and, and yeah, I got a headache and, and all that stuff. My company is giving us four hours of PTO time for just specifically for vaccination. And so mine's like Wednesday afternoon. Um, and I'm going to kind of play it by ear and either take that four hours by taking Wednesday afternoon off or yeah, Thursday yeah. morning off. Yeah, I've in this instance, it seems like my company is actually being very generous because we're getting two hours uh, for when you get vaccinated. And for us, since we're on shifts and it's not like we can just go say, hey, I'm going to get a haircut and leave whenever we want. Uh, we just get that two hours on our if we go on our day off, we still get our two hours. Um, and then they're giving us 12 hours for like the day after if you have side effects or whatever. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. It's pretty impressive. So I'm going to see what's up with tomorrow. Cause that's from what I understand, it's the day after that's been hitting people. Yeah. I have something firm at like one o'clock the next day. So I'm a little bit nervous about that, but I'll just be bitchy and it'll be fine. It'll I mean, at fun. this point I'm 24 hours in and uh, I feel fine now. Yeah. And that's I what I'm completely hoping for. fine. I mean, look, my, my, 75 plus year old mom got it and had no side effects at all. So yeah, my parents both had it and they were fine. Yeah. It varies we're just person bitches. to person. Well then that's probably what it is. Those boomers are tough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, something I wanted to mention real quick, since we've gotten 20 minutes into the movie and we've barely talked about the movie, um, which by the way, 
Shang Tsung's badass dragon boat. Oh my, oh my God. God, yes. That's incredible. There was a toy of this that Ooh. is like size-wise or scale-wise. It's hilarious because it's about a fifth the size of what's in the movie. So you can stand like two figures on the deck and that's it. <laughs> it's like really small, but it still looks awesome. Oh, wow. It's just way too small. Uh, but anyway, the dragon boat looks badass. Yeah. That's like one of my favorite sets. And we have to mention in our cast here, Miss Veronica Vaughn, so hot. Yes. Want, want to, to touch, touch the, the hiney. Uh, very, and to, found out in, in looking around, because as, as I watch these, I make notes and I have to look like stuff up like, wait, what is, when did this happen? What's this all about? And I looked it up. She did all of her own stunts and fight scenes in this movie. No shit. That is badass. Uh, earning her the nickname Robo Babe from uh, Paul Anderson. So that's, that, that's pretty awesome. But I wonder if it explains why she did not come back for the sequel. <laughs> A lot of people didn't come back for the sequel, though. Well, Maybe I think, she just read the script. I think the only ones that did were Liu Kang and Katana. I'm not positive about Katana because I only got a little ways into the sequel. Because once this was done... No, it's the same Katana. Okay, that's what I thought. Um, and we also do not get the weird and delightful Christopher Lambert he's back so as great. Raiden. He's so great in this. He's great, but I why is this white guy Raiden? Oh, I well, agree. Yeah. I agree, 100%. But I mean, he's you can awesome. say that about, like, half Scorpion, the cast. Oh, sure. <laughs> okay, get this. Sub-Zero is played by Francois Petit. Who is the or was the WWF's doctor for years? Like legit doctor, not like yeah. a fake doctor. <laughs> like if you got busted open, you went backstage and Francois Petit super glued you up. Weird. Yeah. And he never like as far as I could see, he never acted in anything else. I don't know how he got the role, uh, because I can I didn't go too far down the rabbit hole there. Uh, but I just thought that was really weird trivia. But again, you've got a Caucasian guy playing what is, I, well, what I always thought of as an Asian character, but I no, mean, he's I, definitely, I don't know. he's like a Lin Kuei, like ninja. Yeah. There's a remarkable, um, small number of Asian people in main parts in this. Like Katana is like, I guess uh, I think she's like a Hispanic girl, but I'm like, yeah, but what? she's like outworld descent, so that's okay. Like, she—I mean, Katana's like—that's true. Anybody, nobody from outworld is Asian. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How can you be Asian? That's from, from that's like from calling outworld. that's like calling Clamp Champ African American. Yeah, exactly. When he's from Eternia. That doesn't even work. Doesn't work. Yeah, uh, but anyway, uh, one thing I want to throw out is I ended up paying $3 to rent this on Amazon because I could not find, I've owned the DVD since the day that it came out. Yeah, I can't find too. it. Yeah. We couldn't find ours either. I don't, what? Yo, okay. What the fuck is going on with that? I don't know. Cause we, I know we watched it not long ago, like, like a year ago, we watched the DVD and I could not find yeah, it. Yeah. And you guys we, are like, we hey, had like the old, like cardboard. Yeah. Yeah. DVD the case, shitty yeah. Warner Brothers cardboard folding thing. Yep. Mm-hmm. And you keep like I keep my alphabetized, organized Blu-rays here, DVDs here, VHS here. Like I know where everything is. And I went to the spot where Mortal Kombat should be. And it was there wasn't even like a slot. Like it was just I, I, it's weird. So anyway. Conspiracy. 
uh, it's on Peacock. Yeah. And I want to take this moment to note that Peacock is a giant piece of shit in every way. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it's horrible for watching WWE stuff. I'm paying for ad-free Peacock, and there was an ad in this fucking movie. I know. Yeah. Same. Yep. And I, I will not tolerate that, so I stopped it, went to Amazon, and paid $3, because I'm a dumbass, <laughs> to watch this movie that I own or that I could have watched for free with commercials. But that is intolerable to me. I cannot watch a movie with commercials in it. It's not freaking 1986 Saturday morning on TBS. We're grown uh, yeah. people. It's jarring as shit, too. Movie. Like, I don't know what it is about how the way Peacock does commercials, but it's like jarring as shit because it's just randomly. It's like there's no commercial right. breaks like if it was showing on TV. Like somebody will be walking and then it'll go to a commercial and come back and they're finishing walking. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, it's it's jarring as shit. It, it's yeah, horrible. there's no natural cuts to where the commercials are. It's just like a computer picks where they go. Oh, except for on the WWE Network when you're watching Stone Cold interview Chris Jericho and there are cuts where the commercials go, but there you don't have the commercials because you're paying for commercial free, but you still have these pauses where they put the commercials. So wow. fucks that up too. Jesus Christ. So far, this whole Peacock thing is garbage. And also, you cannot fucking rewind six well. Yeah, Peacock's rewinding. So. Well, no, if you're watching something live, you can't rewind or pause at all. Yeah. No, and but if we you were don't watching... start from the start, you, you can't watch it. Yeah, we were watching uh, WrestleMania Saturday. We watched it Sunday morning, and so oh, okay. So you started after we tried to rewind, and like, there's no way to judge how much you're rewinding. There's no preview or anything, so it's just you're just guessing. The network was kind of like that too, though. It was it was really hard. Yeah, to I feel like it was easier because I could. It, I was trying well, to find one specific thing, could not find it. It had a preview, but it like wasn't good. Like it didn't yeah. keep up with how you were rewinding. It's really it sucks if you're used to watching like YouTube TV or whatever, where the rewind and fast forward works really really well, and it's it's very accurate. You can tell what you're doing and where you're going, and then to go to something like that that feels like it's ten years ago. Yeah, yeah. Well, either like a preview or just like. Let me do it in like 10 second blocks or something to give me an idea. Yes. And then I'm not just like, I hope this doesn't rewind the whole thing. Oh, fuck. I, we're back 20 minutes. Well, and that's what would happen on the old WWE network is like you'd try and rewind and all of a sudden you'd started the whole show over. Yeah. Uh, okay. So our main character here is Liu Kang played by Robin Chow. And I think he's great. He's not the best actor in the world, but he's charming and innocent and you like him and you like you want you want his day to go all right. Yeah, he's likable. He's got the right look. His hair is magnificent. Fucking amazing. Yes. There is a lot of glorious hair in this movie. Yeah. Uh starting with Liu Kang, but I, I really don't think anybody's having a bad hair day in this movie at all. It's amazing. Yeah, well, we could do a whole podcast about the hair of Mortal Kombat. Paul Paul Anderson has that sort of glam aspect of every movie he does where he is very aware of the looks of everything and he wants his actors to to be pretty basically and like to to have that 
appeal because I just watched Event Horizon the other night because Shout Factory put out that really good special edition, and I watched like every second of it. Uh, but even even in that, where it's sort of creepy outer space, you know, you don't necessarily think of everybody in that as being pretty, but they are. They're all like attractive people dealing with space hell. Like it's, it's, and that's when you think about like resident evil, when you think about his movies, he, he gets pretty people and keeps them looking pretty. Yeah. There's one fight scene where Luke hangs like flipping all around. And so he kind of like flips his head up and his hair just, it's like puffed in <laughs> like volume and it's, yeah, it's listening. Yeah. It's gorgeous. And uh, like, Christopher Lambert's hair is amazing. Oh yeah, Christopher yeah. Lambert's wig is amazing. Wig, yes. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, there are some great <laughs> but wigs. But it is amazing as well. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I I mean I think the cast in general, like when I think about Mortal Kombat characters, I think of these actors specifically. Like yeah. I think of this Johnny Cage, this Kano, like this Shang Tsung. If you said Shang Tsung, I wouldn't picture video game Shang Tsung, which now is the actor. Now they've yeah. come around to where the actor from this movie is playing Shang Tsung in the game. Yeah, Chris Lambert does movies. the voice. Yeah, let me let me mangle this poor gentleman's name, Kerry Hiroyuki Tagawa. Like he is Shang Tsung now, which is awesome. Yeah, he's fantastic. This movie's so influential. Like Kano wasn't even Australian until this movie, and now he's canonically Australian. Yeah. I That's mean, awesome. I think we should talk about Kano for a second because he's fantastic. He's he is probably the best perform well i don't know shang sung's probably the best performance in the movie yeah but he's but, like two but kano, kano is he's great yeah i think he sadly passed away like at a young age like not long oh after wow the movie. yeah he's so wonderful when he's eating at that banquet table with uh goro Just shooting the shit with goro that yeah. cracks me why up why does nobody react to goro like being a fucking Beast with four arms. No one reacts to that being strange. <laughs> Everybody like, oh, handles I guess it. It's Goro. <laughs> He's shooting the shit with Goro and explaining to him how weird it is that a guy shot ice out of his hands. He's like, "Isn't that weird?" <laughs> yeah, but it's not weird at all that like you have four fucking arms and you're like a, a weird interdimensional hose beast. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's very so, strange to me. Let's talk a little bit about Johnny Cage. Um, boy, I got to move way down the cast list to find him. That's sad. Yeah, it is. Cause he's, uh, he does a phenomenal. Oh, there he is. Uh, okay. Lyndon Ashby, uh, is Johnny cage and he hit to me. His look isn't quite what I pictured for Johnny cage, but he's so good at the character that it doesn't matter. Yeah, he's really good at being that like smug celebrity asshole. Yeah, you know it's and it's just silly enough. Yeah, it's really he's really good. I mean that opening scene with Johnny Cage is fucking great, where he's fighting all the dudes in the in the airplane hangar. Like that shit's so good, and the uh, this is the part where you fall down. Like that that shit's just so good. And then the callback totally later agree. when he's fighting Goro. It's yeah. It, yeah, it's perfect. I think I think yeah, I agree. Like he doesn't have quite the look, but like he's so good that like once again, he's who I think of when I think of Johnny Cage. Yeah, he owns it. He owned the part. Yeah. Uh so <laughs> Christopher Lambert, uh 
and, and, and I've heard Lambert and I've heard Lambert. I don't know what it is. I just like Lambert because it goes along with his bizarre, completely unidentifiable accent. Yeah, yeah. what is he? Nobody in the history of Earth has ever had whatever that accent is but no. him. Which no. makes me think he actually is like a Highlander or Raiden or something. <laughs> I think he's actually Raiden. <laughs> he's actually, yeah, he's Raiden. That's but, why it was actually great casting. So Raiden is basically Yoda in this. Yeah. Yeah. And But the funny thing is he's like the laziest Yoda ever because he tells Liu Kang he's going to prepare him for Shang Tsung and then kind of doesn't really do anything. And then yeah. he, No, and he then like at tells the him end, like three rules and that's it. And then at the end, he tells him, you are ready now. What? You like, didn't bitch, do what anything. You what do you mean you're ready now? And then he I takes have- credit for it. He's like, he's like, there's nothing else I can teach yeah, you. Yeah, that's what it is. There's nothing left to teach you. you yeah, well, you taught him nothing. So <laughs> even in like in the IMDb summary of this movie, it's like, you know, Raiden uh, hand chooses three uh, fighters from Earthrealm, blah, blah, blah. And then after intense training, and I'm like, wait, did, was <laughs> that a deleted that scene? Because I don't remember, and I just watched this again. I don't remember Raiden's intense training of the three of them. I would love to see a montage of like Raiden like <laughs> blowing yes. a whistle while they're like training. I wonder if you could generously look at this movie and decide that all of the fights and everything that happens between Raiden talking, he doesn't really even gather them together. He just talks to them on the boat. Yeah. So between the time where Raiden talks to them on the boat and Liu Kang faces Shang Tsung, could you generously consider all the fighting and shit that happens in between those as training? No. <laughs> no. Come on, no. Okay. No, it's All it's right. part of Mortal Kombat. He's competing. He's instantly just competing. He's not training. So Goro's big giant hand just popped up on the screen for the first time, giving giving us a hint that we're going to see something. Well, we've already seen Reptile here, which let's talk about Reptile for a minute. Yeah, uh, absolutely <laughs> horrible, dodgy CGI, but really horrifying character design. Oh, yeah. It's a creative take on the character, like a really cool because like I feel like if they just did Reptile as another ninja right away after you just saw the two ninjas on the boat, like you'd be like, okay, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, here's another one. He's green, like whatever. But the fact that they made him this like horrifying creature and then you get the ninja one later, I I dig that. Which will we'll get to that. Yeah, I've got a lot. I've got a lot to say about that. that. Um, (laughs) It makes so much sense. Super duper creepy. Uh, the giant teeth, the buggy eyes, the weird shape and design. Uh, and then we see Goro's hand and then Goro's shadow. And then when Goro actually shows up, which I think the first time we see him completely is in that scene with Kano. Uh, it's 1995. And I think Goro looks pretty fucking good. He looks Yeah, great. he really does. Yeah. Like this, it's, it's clear that... Some of the scenes are all puppetry and animatronics. Some of the scenes are a dude with like the lower arms of the dude. And then he's got a giant puppet sitting on his shoulders. Yeah. But like, it's, you don't look at it and think that that's what it is. Cause when, like when he's walking around, 
you can see by the way that he walks that like the bottom part of him is moving normally and the top part of him is just kind of sitting there <laughs> shaking as he walks but like it all looks good there no there no seams uh you know fortunately none of it's digital so again yeah. even though it's not well i don't know it's pretty close to ninja turtles level i think yeah I it's think so. Totally I mean, I like the way the face moves and stuff when it shows the puppetry and the animatronics, like it looks like a, a thing, like a real breathing creature. Yeah. Yeah. Him stretching and everything right now. Like uh, it looks great. He looks awesome. I actually, I wish somebody would do a figure of this Goro. Oh, that'd be awesome. awesome. I would love to see that. I would love, I would love, even though, so half the characters in this have completely, well, maybe not half. Some of the characters in this have like totally game accurate costumes. Like Scorpion and Sub-Zero look like Scorpion and Sub-Zero. Reptile yeah. later on looks like Reptile. Uh, Goro, obviously spot on. Yeah. But then other characters just don't really look like their game in-game counterparts so it's hard for me to say i i would like because i was going to say i would love a line that was compatible with NECA's ninja turtles line like um it would be cool but at the same time like something like Liu kang well you've got his hair i guess is a selling point i mean but, i think Liu kang at the end of this movie is, is he looks about right movie. he's got the baggy pants yeah but he, i he feel doesn't. like they could market a Liu kang toy to like girls and boys <laughs> You know, because well, like they make him like a sweet fighter, and then also like you could have Liu Kang's hair salon. Liu Kang, sweet fighter. <laughs> sweet, sweet fighter's another franchise. Yeah. Um. Oh, speaking of which, okay, so they made a Street Fighter, the movie game. Yes. That was actually digitized versions of like Jean Claude Van Damme and Raul Julia fighting. It was like a shitty Mortal Kombat. Right, it was it was it was terrible. What a weird choice. <laughs> but that well, right, because they had. I mean, they when they, they were making that the game. game, they didn't know that that movie was going to suck so hard. Yeah, uh, which we'll get around to it one of these days. Oh, I'm down. I haven't seen that since I was a kid. Yeah, I, I haven't seen it since it was on cable. I guess because I sure as shit didn't go see it in the theater because it it didn't. Uh, I, I was never as much a street fighter guy. Well, I'm not even really a fighting game guy, but like Mortal Kombat was undeniable. Yeah. Yeah. It was Mortal Kombat and then later Tekken for me. It was Mortal Kombat and then later Way of the Warrior for me. I haven't even played that. Way of the Warrior, a 3DO exclusive game. Mm -hmm. The entire soundtrack was White Zombie. It was yeah, literally just the first album, like <laughs> on repeat. Hell yeah. The whole time. Uh, look up look up Way of the Warrior on YouTube. Check that out. It oh, was it was not a great game, but it was I mean, from what I just told you, you have enough information to make a decision about what kind of game it was. <laughs> uh but it was it was like that. It was like digitized graphics. Uh kind of like that Street Fighter the movie game. But anyway, uh moving on. <laughs> uh Let's see. Where am I in my notes? I've lost everything because I'm so tired. Oh, sets. Uh, sets are incredible. Oh, We've already amazing. talked about the sets a little bit, but like every new place they go to is this, uh, you know, some of them are a little more compact, but they all have this 
this feel to them, this spooky, uh, otherworldly feel. He's got fog all over the place. It's oh, yeah. very, very Temple of Doom. Yes, yes, for sure. Um, there's so many great sets. We, I mean, we haven't gotten to it yet, but like the Scorpion fight when when that Dude, part, the the world of ladders and bones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know we we're watching it, and I told Ryan, I was like, "Is this like?" scaffolding storage in hell yes well there's a lot of it that's very uh also kind of nightmare on elm street some of the wilder concepts they had in that very dreamlike yeah Yeah, Yeah. that and that's that scorpion's lair i guess it is looks like so many ladders (laughs) you never know you need to get up to reach things yeah that's where he keeps his cookies he's got ladders Uh, but it was, it was very, it's very like Freddy Krueger-ish. It seems like somewhere where somebody would be like, oh shit, I must be in, Freddy's going to get me soon. Man, Except I wish Scorpion, Scorpion called somebody a bitch in this. <laughs> Welcome, bitch. Uh, <laughs> Jarring. And, and uh, Sub-Zero and Scorpion, the ninjas, they have their sort of trademark things to a little bit of a lesser degree. The sequel movie goes really wild and gives them all their exact like it's insane okay real real quick right here they're trying to find katana she is they have just assumed that katana well first of all that this person is katana because they don't know her yet so they've assumed that this person is katana and that this person is there to help them and are just following her through this crazy temple johnny cage is like she definitely went this way as they're clearing undisturbed cobwebs from yeah. in front of them. Oh yeah. Nobody's gone this way. Idiot. <laughs> it's so good. He's like, Oh, I smell her perfume. She's like, I yeah. smell, I smell bullshit. How creepy is that though? <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I've, I work with some people who are, uh, fairly heavily scented. So I actually got a package delivered from UPS today that um, I had to throw the box in the basement immediately because it stunk so much of cologne. Ew. But the thing in the box didn't stink of cologne, so it's just the box. So some UPS guy like just, just like rubbed it all over his body. Up and yeah. He saw your name. He was like, ooh, Nicole Gould. That sounds like yeah. a sexy lady. Let me rub this all over my cologne. I think that's exactly what happened. For sure. <laughs> so well, now I have to set it on fire. We we've got a uh we've got a fight scene here with our three heroes kind of working together. Johnny Cage gets his cool hero pose. Well, they all get their cool hero poses. Oh uh, yeah. The the fight choreography in this, especially considering Bridget Wilson is is not a stunt or fight person, I think they did a great job with making all the fight scenes very dynamic and interesting to watch and not hard to follow. Like it's not a ton of cuts where you don't know what's going on. It's not, it's not too close where you can't tell like who's hitting who and when like all the fights are shot really well. Oh yeah. No, uh, the, the fight choreography is badass. And I I believe the guy playing Johnny cage, um, he also like had to learn for the movie. Like he's doing his own stunts and like had to learn karate and shit for the movie. Uh, let's see here. Yeah. The, as a matter of fact, it says the actors performed most of their own stunts. So all of them apparently did that. Uh, and Johnny Cage ended up with a bruised kidney. Uh, and that's, that's it. It was Cage's fight against Scorpion. I feel like, you know, 
all of the extras and ninjas and other fighters were all like stunt people, cage fighters, athletes, whatever, you know, so they were able to like put them up against people who were really physical specimens. Um, so it made like their half of the fight really good too. Yeah, they were working with a lot of professionals. Yeah, yeah, I liked all the goons with the red hats. I don't know what that's really for, but I like it. Uh, but that being said, I hate the one that's fighting Sub-Zero. And it, it bothered me even when I was a kid watching this. He's like, he's like, Ooh, ah, ah, ooh. and he's like making so many noises and it pisses me <laughs> off. There is a lot of extraneous grunting in this movie. Goro grunts a, sh- a lot. It's ridiculous how yes. much he grunts. He's like Grunto. As for the guy that has to fight Sub-Zero, I think the reason they did that is just because they had to have that build up. Cause that's, that's basically the Raiders of the Lost Ark scene. Yeah. Yeah. And then sub zero is like, so like that, they kind of had to build him up for a minute. Give it, give him a little bit of time to make it seem like he was going to do something, even though we all know exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. So like, I, I can forgive that. It's still obnoxious, but I yeah. get it. I guess you can't really have just like a silent moment where he's like, right, right. What if he, how much weirder would it be if he was doing all that stuff and not making a noise? (laughs) That's true. That's true. So that wouldn't work at all. What's up with the guy that uh, he's, uh, he's badass, but the guy who's um, fighting uh, Liu Kang, um, uh, the guy with the dreads. Yeah. Yeah. We're, We're looking at him right now. Yeah. Like what is up with him growling like a lion? So that's what I was wondering. Is there a character from... Oh, it would have to be one of the first two games. He's also making this weird little face. What is... I can't yeah, tell yeah. if he's making a weird face or if his mustache is strange. Or if he just has a weird face. So it's like, it makes him look like he's doing a weird grin, like the way his mustache is and the way his face is lit. Maybe that's Maybe it is his little mustache that's strange. Yeah. But whatever it is, quite tell. he's a badass. Oh, he, yeah. He's yeah. awesome. Yeah. He but, is like, because I started talking about like his face when we were watching it before. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to shut the fuck up because this guy is like phenomenal. But there's a couple guys like him and Art, uh, the gentle, mm-hmm. uh, sweet Art. Yes. Um, yes, dear couple, sweet Art. Yeah. Yeah. Dear sweet red shirt Art. We all grew, <laughs> we all grew to love him. And then yeah. taken away from us in an instant. <laughs> and, well and watching this i was like oh is this guy supposed to be like dj or something and i was like oh that's a different game entirely so clearly yeah not. no i don't think he's anybody <laughs> but but it's cool and and you know what that's smart because you know you're talking about the guys with the red masks you have to have those guys because you got to have guys for the good guys to beat up to show that they're skilled not every fight can be a major character versus a major character yeah. You've yeah. got to have these tiers of fights. And so this guy is like a, a sub boss. Yeah. So he's not some, he's not totally generic because then it wouldn't mean anything when Liu Kang beat him. So he's yeah. got a look and some style and seems like he's somebody, even though yeah. he's not anybody from the game. So I think it was actually, it, it was a smart decision to have a few people like that in here. Well, where, and also like, Movie-wise, um, this movie is essentially 
a very loose plot around a whole bunch of excuses to have some really cool fights. Yes. And so like, I don't really give a shit about character development. I just want to see more fights. So they were able to throw in these like nameless, (laughs) but bless you still interesting dudes to have really cool fights with, but then they didn't have to like say even who they fuck they were. They're like fighting guy go. Good enough, right? We know what's happening here. Yeah. The, the well, how many times has been described to us? How many times are you playing Mortal Kombat and you just see bodies of random people all in the background? Yeah. Like that's those guys. Yeah. 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 Shang Tsung's got to get those souls from somewhere. Yes, for sure. And and sometimes he sucks them in through his eye. Yeah, yeah that's gross. I don't. I don't like, like that. It. That's no. how you get like infections. Every, and, mm. Yeah, he's always sucking them through the mouth, and then occasionally he just sucks one from the eye. It's weird. So this right here, we are at, even though we've already seen Kano, this is kind of Kano's big reveal. He is such a skeezy slob, phenomenal guy with his, with his, uh, his triangular chest hair. What is going on with that's, I guess that's from the game. Uh, I think later, like, I think they modeled like this guy literally influenced Kano. Like Kano was a bald guy that like, was like an American and uh this guy kind of changed like the hairstyle and everything. Well he's so good. He's so good that like they made Kano basically him now. And, but then he just get okay well first we have to acknowledge the awesomeness of using Cam FDM's juke joint Jezebel yeah during this fight. Absolutely awesome. And then though we have this fantastic character that you know he's he's the guy you love to hate or whatever and they fucking kill him and it's yeah yeah because it gives sonia like what she was there for i don't know you just expect her to not get that satisfaction you think something's the rug's gonna get pulled out from under her and then she just snaps that neck and you're like whoa that's yeah, it for Kano. that's done yeah, that shocked the shit out of me. Also, fucking that line, hello, baby, did you miss me? With the knife, fucking great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah, he's tremendous. Uh, let's see. What else What else has our pal Kano been in? Because he's great. Much. He's an Aust- uh, oh, <laughs> Australian. I'm sitting here reading the character description. That's not helpful. Oh, my gosh. So Trevor Joseph Goddard, uh, who, yeah, passed away in 2003. Yeah. Um, 41 years old put the the okay he was on jag because his when you go to wikipedia his first profile picture is him in like navy whites holding his hat looking all classy looks nothing like him no not at all that's crazy um he was also in the movie men of war with dolph lundgren and Catherine bell speaking of heinies i want to touch uh lundgren Yes, absolute man. Can you imagine that thing's probably rock hard? I, was gonna say, I bet it's firm as you fuck. Could, I bet you could drive. I bet he could drive a nail by sitting on it. <laughs> okay, so great fight with Sonya Blade and Kano. She gets her revenge that she's there for, which is again unusual for a hero character, particularly in 1995, a female hero character uh, who's not the primary lead in the movie. Uh, and then we move on and we get Scorpion cartwheeling out from behind a tree like a fucking putty. Yeah, what yeah. the fuck? <laughs> uh, this is the only part of the movie that really bothers me is like 
right now it's like everyone's fighting like it's like sanctioned fights that are happening. Why the well, fuck is Johnny Cage in an orchard? Well, why? Yeah, why? Where is this? Yeah, why is this? Is this a sanctioned fight? And they just I, don't have Shang Tsung there watching. Yeah. Okay, it's, here it comes. Here it comes. Stuck in there. Wait, wait. Here it is. Here it is. <laughs> a little just cartwheels out from behind a tree and then his poor little harpoon guy which i don't believe is normally anthropomorphic isn't it normally just like a harpoon it's a, yeah it's a spear but yeah. in this, it's this little creature that comes out of his hand which is horrifying yeah it's yeah. terrifying and then it splatters up against a tree and and i guess he can retract it into his body and he has a whole colony of harpoon creatures living in his body. Just curled and up another one long. Another one just crawls into his arm and attaches itself to that rope. That's I, I don't like shit. yeah, I don't like thinking about Scorpion's biology, but I do like thinking about his apartment, which is fucking wacky. Yes. I'm yeah, telling I you mean, there are cookies up there. I always took that as being hell because he's like from hell. Mm, but I don't okay. That's what I took it at. I don't know that I knew that. I, yeah. It's like, I don't know. Does hell have that many like ladders and scaffolds, though? Well, you're trying to get out of hell, but you can't. So you can just keep climbing and climbing and climbing, and you're just going to find more cobwebs and bones and dust. And he's eternity. human shit like, get me out of here. Welcome. <laughs> so let's, uh, real quick, I want to, since we've got a pretty long and awesome fight scene going on here, uh, Ryan, give me a synopsis in, in just a few words. You just said scorpions from hell. Nice little yeah. summary right there. Well, yeah. So, I mean, he's like a, he's like a vengeful spirit that kind of came back from hell to, you know, now in this movie, he's under the control of Shang Tsung. Um, but like, yeah, he's a wraith. Like he's a demon, basically. Like he was a human at one point. You know, he's pinhead. Okay. Okay. But a ninja. Sure. A That's pinch. it. Yeah. That's He's pretty much it. Yes. So Johnny Cage, uh Hollywood actor who's actually a really awesome martial artist. Based, was he like based on Jean-Claude Van Damme? Is that a thing? Yeah. I from what I understand I, he it was. Seems like it. I even heard that I don't know if it was a rumor that he actually chose uh to not do this movie and then ended up doing Street Fighter. Because I heard that they wanted him. I heard that he was based off of, of him. I, th I feel like I've heard that as well. Uh, but that yeah, could be just... He made the wrong choice. Uh, yes, yes, he really did. Um, okay, so, although I got to say, I don't see Jean-Claude Van Damme doing a better job than this guy. No, 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 no. He would not have been a better Johnny Cage. Uh, okay, so Sub-Zero, what's his, what's his deal? Uh, so Sub Zero, um, he, uh, I believe his family was killed by Scorpion, or he at least was led to believe that, and that's what their internal feud is about. Um, but like, I, I believe that he didn't actually kill his family. There's like some confusion over the Lin Kuei, and like this, it's two different ninjas, like the blue ones and the yellow ones, and they have a feud. That's basically it. Okay, I so don't does... know why he shoots frost out of his hands. I don't know. <laughs> their powers. So does Sub-Zero have any relation to like Kung Lao and Liu Kang and their whole lineage of No, stuff? he's like his own thing. He's okay. his own ninja of ice people. 
<laughs> okay, those good old ice ninjas. Yeah. Uh, so here we've got Scorpion's surprising skull head, which I mean, not surprising if you've played the game, but like this is awesome because it's again practical effects where you see this guy, this this guy getting cut up, stuff yeah. squirting out of him. This is one of the many instances where they made this movie look really look and feel really brutal without making it rated R. I think it is rated R, isn't it? Mm. Mm, no, it's no? PG thirteen. Oh wow! And oh, they, that's right, because that's the big thing about the new one is that it is rated R. Yeah, but it's they do a good job of making you think that this movie is really brutal with like freezing the guy and he explodes and like there's a lot of shit that seems like it's really gory, but it's not really. That's wild. Yeah, they did do a good job with that. So uh, it's never actually bothered me that this is PG thirteen because it like I mean they do a really good job, you know. So we're on the beach now. We've got Liu Kang, who is meeting uh, Katana in person. Like they've already, she led him through the temple or whatever the heck all that was. Uh, and now, now they do the classic allies talk fighting thing, which we've seen in everything from Star Trek to G.I. Joe to everything else. Yeah, it's like the Catwoman, Batwoman, or Batman fight. I would not want to fight in sand. No, I wouldn't want to do anything in sand. sand. I hate sand; it gets everywhere. Yeah, and it's hard to walk in. Well, yeah, that like just awful, awful platform for pretty much anything. Uh, So Sub Zero comes from a clan of cryomancers. Oh, well, of course. Yeah, I was just going to say cryomancers. I mean, duh. What's a cryomancer? And, uh, well, (laughs) they they, they shoot ice out of their hands, obviously. Uh, Clearly. And also make ice replicas of themselves to fool their enemies into hitting the ice replica while they sneak up behind their enemies and punch them in the back of the head. How would that ever work? You'd be like, that's clearly an ice man. Right. Clear. I see what you did there. Yeah, clearly an ice man. Uh, uh, okay. So <laughs> uh, that's the vaccine talking. Yeah, right. It all this is all the vaccine talking. So let's see. Next note I've got. We've already kind of covered this. This movie is so fucking wacky. Why couldn't all of the costumes have been totally game accurate? And I, I guess I'm not saying that Katana should be wearing like a blue thong or whatever. I mean, but they could have given her some color. It is yeah. weird. I, I mentioned that when we were watching it too. I'm like, why is she wearing like black and she doesn't have the face mask? The mask, I understand. Although she could have put it on to fight. Like that would have been cool. Yeah. That would have been sweet. Yeah. But at but least also unveil it at some point. In 1995, we're still at the point where people are afraid of making comic book or video game things look like comic book or video game things. And as much as we get out of this one, and we see sub zero looking exactly like sub zero walking down the stairs right now, but that's also a very traditional ninja look. So, you know, they're, they're decades of Kung (laughs) Fu movies where dudes dressed like this were fighting. So this isn't as outlandish as some of the other, things i i don't know i don't know i'd be interested to hear the costuming decisions and and i would hope 
I don't think Shout Factory or anybody has done like a deluxe version of this yet. I don't uh, think so. I'd be very, I, I would absolutely buy that if it were done, especially since yeah. my DVD is freaking gone. Yeah, ours too. And I don't think the DVD had like anything on it. No, it was just the movie, I think. Some uh, I think so. I, a matter of fact, I, I would go so far as to say, I think it was one of the ones where you put the DVD in, the movie just starts playing. Probably. Like, yeah. I, don't even, yeah. I don't think it even went to a menu. <laughs> uh, so the, this is, we get this awesome scene here that's set up, you know, Raiden was very clearly the guy carrying like, even before you saw his face, he comes in carrying the buckets of water and you're like, well, that's Raiden. Yeah. Yeah. And Katana has told him you're going to use the element of life to fight your next battle. Oh my God. Why didn't she just fucking say water? Because you don't talk like that when you're from Outworld. And we get this insane ice bubble, this pulsing ice bubble that I don't think is anything from the game. But it's really cool. Yeah, I really like it. Um, I mean, there is like, he does have like a high powered like ice attack where he kind of builds it up in his hands for a while. Like it's different than the normal ice attack. But yeah, I, I don't think that's anything specific. But this, the way that they do this is so awesome. And this fucking giant icicle just flying through the air and impaling him. Oh, I love it. It's great. Yeah, I mean, I, I I think they did a good job with Scorpion and Sub-Zero. I think they did a really good job. And to what you were saying uh, about the uh, characters, like some of them not looking right, it doesn't make sense because this movie is, like you said, it's insane. Yeah. Uh, they weren't scared, obviously. I mean, they literally put the little voice of like Scorpion being like, get over here. <laughs> yeah, shit. right, right. Like, and like they constantly are just referencing everyone's names. Like, you know, it's just clearly like a video game kind of thing. They're like, Oh look, it's Kano. Oh, it's Johnny cage. It's Sonya. Like they say their names like over and over again. It's so silly and video gamey. So I don't know why they didn't, but it's, it's funny. You say that it's so silly, but in watching uh, the first half hour, however far I got into the second one, because the end of this one, the second one picks up right there. Yeah. So it's really jarring that half of your cast is completely different people. It's like when yeah. they, it's like yeah. when they turn around in space balls. But <laughs> yeah. It's it's still it, it continues right on. I was like I got to I got to look. I got to I got to see cuz I, I I knew I hated it. But that was years and years ago where my mentality was different about movies. Uh but they don't say the characters names in the second one. So like the yellow robot shows up, which is that Cyrax? Is that the yellow robot? Yes, Cyrax, the rebel okay. sector. Okay. So the yellow robot shows up and I'm like, Oh, it's what the fuck is his name? Is that Cyrax or is that whoever? And then uh, later on, uh, the big stupid looking Shao Kahn is talking. He, he really needs to put his mask back on. Cause he looks yeah. dumb. Uh, he's talking and he kills a ninja. It's a uh, rain. I think. I don't who knows. I don't think they yeah, I don't think they say it, but I think he's purple, so I think it's purple. I, and I think I think you're right. I think he was kind of a purplish color. Um but yeah, it's like let me know who these people are. Yeah, I agree. No, I, I think it, it works. It, it's so silly at one point in this movie when reptile like becomes a human reptile, it literally you just hear reptile. a voice in the background that's just like reptile. Yeah. And you're like, what the fuck? Well, and you yeah. know what? The second movie is so dumb. 
Yeah. They literally could have done that with every character. Like when Cyrax shows up in the laboratory, they literally could have just been like Cyrax. And I would have been yeah. like, fine. I yeah. would have accepted it. It would have made it better. Uh, so we've got this fight with this giant unwieldy animatronic Goro that I'm sure this was a, a huge pain in the ass to film, but they did a good job with it. Yeah. yeah. And they did a good job of uh, uh, convincing me that Johnny Cage would have been able to beat him. Yes. Yeah. By outsmarting him. Yeah, <laughs> well, <laughs> that little segment is so awesome. We'll get to it in a minute here. Uh, where he just like sort of pushes him off the cliff <laughs> and he floats away into the lightning cloud. Yeah. <laughs> uh... <laughs> it's like total uh, Robocop diehard. Yep, where it's like just away. weirdly drawn in effect. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, that was it. <laughs> and more grunting from Goro. Should have just called him Grunto. Grunto. Uh, but again, we have this phenomenal set. There's they're standing on. I mean, this looks like is this something specifically from the game with this this uh these rope. Um, there's a lot of things that are like pretty like adjacent to the game, but uh, this one doesn't look familiar to me at all. Cause like they could have gone with Goro's Lair, which is a pretty classic like uh, level, which is like this like you know kind of grayish like dungeon looking area with a bunch okay. of skeletons hanging up. Like they could have done that, and it would, probably would have been cooler. But I think maybe this is supposed to be Goro's Lair, but it just looks different. Well, and and the, here's the important thing: is it looks like it's from the game. Yes. yes, like it doesn't feel everything. This courtyard here, like everything in the movie, even if it's not specifically lifted from the game, looks yeah. like part of that world. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and uh, I mean they did a really really good job with all that. Uh, like especially like uh, there's little touches that I didn't. I don't even think I noticed until this time. But when they're fighting on the beach um, and uh, like Shang Tsung sitting there on his little throne, he's got like guy just random monks with like hoods that are just standing around him, which is straight up out of the first game. Right. Right. Yeah. And I'm, I don't think I ever noticed that. I was just like, oh, he's, he's just on a beach. But the fact that he was surrounded by these guys with these hoods like that was like straight up from the game. Yeah, I can actually picture that stage or wh whatever. Uh... Yeah with him up on the throne and the people just sort of lined up watching as they fight. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so those are $500 sunglasses, asshole. <laughs> Great line. <laughs> oh, we forgot to mention when he fights Scorpion and he throws down his, his like fucking picture, like how insane. Oh is that? yes. After Scorpion explodes and he throws down the, uh, and it's it's worded strangely to my greatest fan, isn't that what it says? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Oh, that's great though. It's fucking like, awesome. wait, did he have it in his pocket? Doesn't matter. He, you know what? He probably did. I, yeah, yeah. I a hundred percent believe Johnny Cage. This Johnny Cage just carries those around with him. He's got like an eight by ten sleeve in like the back of his pants. His pants were pretty yeah. big, so. Yeah, yeah, they're '90s pants. Those are some like Cavaricis. Yeah, sure. he has the most '90s outfit on, like ever. Big flowing shirt, rolled up <laughs> sleeves. Yep, Cavarici pants, definitely. Yeah, it's pretty badass. 
so we're we're probably going to get ahead of the movie at this point because we're not going to sit here with with the whole thing, even though it's only about ninety minutes. I don't, or I think it's clocks in at like an hour and forty minutes, maybe. But yeah. uh, I want to talk about. I, I think we we have to talk about reptile at this point. Yes. Yes, please. So we get to Johnny Cage uh, calls out Goro. Goro chases him up to the cliff. And he gets fooled into falling off a cliff. And then uh, they have the big meeting and turns out, well, they've got to go to Outworld because Sonya Blade, since she is a female character in a movie in 1995, gets kidnapped. Yep. Yes. And, and Raiden uh, goes so far. He's like, I'm going to fight Sonya Blade in Mortal Kombat. And he's like, you coward. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, wow. Yeah. It, yeah. It's it's not the best. If uh, I was Sonya, I'd be like, what the fuck? Yeah. And also, he's, like, he's the only one who, like, because Johnny Cage killed Scorpion, Scorpion. who's like a, a monster demon kind of guy. Liu Kang doesn't kill anybody. Sonya Blade straight up murders a human. One of us. Yeah. I, I'm talking yeah. up to that point in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Because at and the end of the movie. doesn't give a fuck. She just grins about it. Yeah. Crack. So like, she's the biggest badass of all of them at that point. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I wait, love how, though, she gets Europe. kidnapped and uh, they change her outfit and do her hair and makeup. That's in my notes. That is in my notes. They put her in this little little dress with big like hair like she's supposed to be crawling around on the hood of a Camaro. Yes. yes. It's the yeah. most stereotypical kidnapped girl look. But let's picture they they kidnap her. They bring her to Outworld. Sure. And they sit her in a chair. Yes. And then they take a blow dryer and maybe yes. a round brush and some Aquanet. And they style her hair after she has been kidnapped. And then they They, put, they blow it uh, out? Fresh, What's the word? Tease yeah, it out? They, yeah, they tease it out. They give her a whole bunch of volume and body. Yes. Uh, and then they do a makeover uh, of her makeup. And apparently she just like is is like, okay, well, I'm not really happy about being kidnapped, but I really am enjoying this makeover that I'm getting. Uh, so I guess, I guess I'll just like sit here. I mean, I don't know. Have you ever tried to do makeup on somebody that was struggling? Because I don't think they, it'd be easy. Here, here is your frame of reference, a movie that we covered here as a needless commentary in Flash Gordon when Dale Arden. Oh, oh you've got Flash Gordon and Big Trouble in Little China where yeah. You're, yeah. your unwilling female captives are given a makeover. Entire I, makeovers. And I, I would feel be like interested. there's probably 10 other movies that you could come up with that do that as well. I would be interested in a list of captive makeovers. I want to see the deleted scene of how you get hair and makeup done uh, as a unwilling captive who has just been kidnapped. I mean, you got to knock her out. And that's it. You got to knock her out. Hopefully that's all they did. What have you done to me? Oh, oh, wow. My hair looks fantastic. Thank you. You look great. I yes. don't know about this dress that kind of looks like a nutsack, but everything <laughs> else is looking pretty good. It does yeah. have like nutsack skin. <laughs> it's, all, it's like wrinkly around the edges. I don't understand 
what that look is. That's definitely but, not from the game. It's very odd. <laughs> no. Well, none of none of her costumes are from the game, right? I mean, she shorts, has the shorts and stuff like the shorts kinda. are okay. And the hat, yeah, kind of. Okay. Uh, so, but to get back to reptile, here is how reptile, the 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 CGI creature, becomes a ninja, almost exactly like Sub Zero and Scorpion. <laughs> he gets knocked into a statue, which then grows tentacles and sucks him into it, and he turns into a Sub-Zero Scorpion-style ninja and, and knows Kung Fu, which I don't... It it did not seem to me that the reptile creature was a martial artist. <laughs> no. So this statue imbued, like, combined with this creature to become a ninja <laughs> somehow. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck? I don't know. I have no <laughs> idea. That's completely made up. That's and don't get me wrong. I love it and I don't care, but also, what the fuck? It's fantastic. But why then, on its demise, is he filled with bugs like he's fucking Oogie Boogie? <laughs> My bugs. Maybe that's what he was made of. Oh, we just missed that. We totally forgot to mention the Johnny Cage Goro nutshot, which was fantastic. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That was also, really yeah. Great. He's just assuming that Goro has like genitals that are somewhat similar to ours. Oh, well, he's. I mean, look, he he's wearing a loincloth, so I guess you're assuming there's a dick under there. I mean, yeah, that's got to be where it is. He does. It's not like he's got a turtleneck on, and you're like, is there something under there? Maybe. <laughs> Got a little dick neck. What going if he on had there? six dicks? Yeah, maybe he does. Damn. Oh my gosh. What if what if he what has if, okay? So if he's got six dicks, what if they're all in different places? It's, or are they just like six stalk like dick stalks growing out of like one spot? I mean, dick he, wait, I, wait, 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 wait. Whoa, we're not just blowing past the fact that you just said dick stalks. <laughs> I like mushrooms, you know, like Keep your dishes clean. Yes. <laughs> Use the sink spray. So, right so here it is. He's he's uh we get a very brief fight of Johnny Cage uh just kicking Goro right off the cliff. Then he floats <laughs> away into the lightning cloud. It's so fast. Yeah. Oh yeah, he gets to hang on for a second. And you wonder if Johnny Cage is gonna have the moment of, oh, I don't want you to die. But he has but the nope. beautiful callback. He's like, this is where you fall. Yeah. Which is actually pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. So to, to get back to, uh, we've got Sonya Blade uh, tied up in Outworld, uh, kidnapped by Aaron Shang Tsung. Uh, we've, we've covered Reptile. A great fight between Reptile and Liu Kang. And I'm, yeah. look, it, it, the, I love 90s techno music in movies like this. Oh, yeah. Like it, it gets me hyped. Like I, I'm like, yeah. yeah just get this, into this. Uh, this soundtrack is the most like hyped like you can ever be. I feel like this movie did that best. Like '90s techno music during a fight. Like this is this and the Blade originator. Yeah, Blade too. Yeah, are like the height of that. I think yeah. for sure, for sure. Uh, so. Oh, and we get to see the bicycle kick, which was a big deal to me at the time when I saw this. I love that they put the kick in the movie. I hate that he didn't go. Bah, 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 I know. 
Yeah, like he needs to be like, like that's the best part. Yeah, yeah. And and they had not. The reason he sounds like that in the game is he's basically Bruce Lee. Yeah, in the game. Yeah, and they didn't really establish that aspect of him in this movie, where he did all the like high pitched noises and stuff when he fought. Yeah, so it would have been really weird if all of a sudden he busts out this kick and is doing the. Like, that would have been weird. Would it be any more weird than Reptile? Well, just just because... It, well, you're right. That did come, come out of nowhere as, <laughs> as well. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I can't argue that. Uh, so, uh, Sonya, little dress, big hair, and then we get the big fight between Liu Kang and Shang Tsung, and the actual Mortal Kombat song plays and yeah. holds, and it's on. It's yeah. everything. Oh my gosh, it's so good. And and th- yeah, this this level I feel like is supposed to be reminiscent of the first game with the uh, the overhang thing with the pit underneath it. Yeah, yeah. I think that that's totally the vibe I'm getting. And the way that they uh, the spikes come up out of the Mortal Kombat logo at the end it looks fucking yes. sick, killer. The spikes yeah. look great. The the them pushing up through the ground, like you can actually see it opening the ground up, like just really, really cool the way they did yeah, that. For sure. Uh so we but before the Shang Tsung fight, we get the random people fight. And or no, Shang Tsung summons some of the souls that he's captured, which I think Yeah, they're like some undead warriors. Is that is is that one of his fatalities in one of the games where he these warriors come in one at a time and attack. Is that not a thing? I don't think so. That sounds like a thing. I don't, maybe, it's, maybe there's some other game where that happens. Um, I mean, his big thing was, which they do address his big thing was like changing into other people. Uh, and like to, you know, people, they took their souls and then he can turn into them. Like that was like the big thing. Oh, this is that, uh, that he, cause he's the big boss in the first game, right? Yes. And he changes into all the characters over the course of the fight that you've fought throughout the game. Okay, okay. Uh, well, anyway, in, the, in this this version of Shang Tsung, how he handles business is he summons physical manifestations of some of the souls that he's taken, and Liu Kang beats them all in like forty seconds. Yeah, like yeah, some really of the greatest boom, boom, warriors boom, boom, boom. of all time ki- kills them by kicking them in the chest. Yeah, and it was probably like Genghis Khan and like all these like right. big, yeah, and he just <laughs> fucked them up. <laughs> and then then we get to the, the the you know big showdown just between the two of them. Uh, I love Shang Tsung's "Nobody Makes Me Bleed My Own Blood" moment where he's yeah. got the little, the little yeah. dribble of blood on his lip, and he's like, "Oh, <laughs> he's so mad." Uh, Wait, you know what? I take that back. Shang Tsung is referred to as a necromancer. So even if it may not show it, it does make sense that he brought dead people back to life. Okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. That's that's just a little deep dive by the filmmakers who are like, we we know this character. Yeah. We're going to use him to his fullest potential. Hell yeah. We'll do shit that he's never done. <laughs> uh, so end of the fight. We, we get the little fake out with his brother, which I appreciate the fact that Liu Kang really wasn't fooled at any point by Shang yeah. Tsung, yeah. his brother. Like, it, it was 
of course, if you're faced with your dead brother, you're going to have a moment where you're like, what's happening here? This is uncomfortable. But like, they didn't do the full on like, oh, brother, I love you. And then Shang Tsung got like a move in on him or something. Yeah. Or like like that didn't happen. He didn't look like a chump. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then we get what I feel like was a really half-assed way to do Liu Kang's fireball. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't love that. I do like the idea that he wasn't able to do that until he was in Outworld. It's almost like being in Outworld gave him power. Yeah, yeah and that's like fine. It. That's cool. But yeah, I don't like the way but they it, did the fireball. It was like he punched... It wasn't a fireball. He like punched him with fire. I wish yeah. that he had done... Because he beats the shit out of him for like a yeah. minute. Oh, yeah. And it would have been cool if he'd like jumped back and then done the fireball and blown him off the side. Like yeah, from a distance, like it is in the game. Yeah. I don't know why they went with that punching him with fire. Yeah, that was a weird choice. Uh, and, and again, I'm sure they had a good reason for doing it that way. It's it, it, Just like uh, with the costumes, I would love to hear a commentary where they talk about, you know, potentially address some of these things. Yeah. Uh, but it still looks cool. Like yeah, the yeah. effect of the fire does look cool. And it achieves the purpose of sending him over the edge onto those spikes. Which, that looks really good. It looks killer. Yeah, because like Gora falling off looked terrible, but then <laughs> falling off looked <laughs> Well, I imagine they probably, you know, shot Shang Tsung falling off practically, but Goro, they didn't have a bottomless pit of lightning clouds handy to, <laughs> throw, well, why the, not? The fuck to not? throw the puppet into. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, and also this is something that bothered me too. They say flawless victory, like three or four times throughout the movie. Once there's one flawless victory in this movie with Sub-Zero. Right. Yeah. And the rest of the times it's not because flawless victory for the listeners who maybe aren't familiar with mortal Kombat, If such a thing exists, uh, flawless victory means you defeated your opponent taking no damage. Yep. And in mortal Kombat, if you get hit once, and inflicts damage. Yep. So these other flawless victories in the movie, they the other person did not avoid getting hit. Like it was a fight. It's just yeah. that they happened to win very decisively. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we were watching it, and Ryan was like, "I don't, I don't think the director understood what a flawless victory was." And I was like, "Yeah, but I mean, you could just understand what the word flawless means and get it." <laughs> It's not, it's not hard. Like, was this flawless? Like, was this without flaw or, or not? Why, why didn't he just say fatality? Yeah. Yeah. That would have been much cooler. Yeah. Not as cool as in the second movie where they literally talk about animalities though. Yeah. Yeah. And then they have a dragon fight. Oh God. I'm telling you, I'm by the time I, cause I had to stop to record this. Yeah. By the time I stopped Mortal Kombat Annihilation, I was in. It's, was he talking? To, it's fucking terrible. Do I remember right? Was he talking to Nightwolf? Yes. Yeah. Yes, because when Nightwolf Night looked cool, when Nightwolf shows up, he's a literal wolf. Yeah, and it gets really confusing because Nightwolf shows up and is a dick, and then leaves, and then it's snowing, and then Jade shows up and she's like in a animal bikini. <laughs> and tries to seduce him and then all of a sudden she's wearing clothes and she's beating the shit out of him and then it's not snowing anymore and then like it lost me a little bit I'm not going to lie but 
I'm going to go back and finish that movie at some point. Like it, it was not a, I'm done with this piece of shit. It was, I am totally into this piece of shit. <laughs> we, we tried uh, a few months ago. We watched this. It might've even been a year. And we were ago, fucking like hyped. We're like, this yeah, is so, so good. Great. We had right. so much fun watching it. And then we put number two on and we it's, turned it's it off a number two. It was, it was a number two for, it, for me. And not everybody might have this same experience, but for me, it was a matter of just adjusting my expectations because you watch this movie and you're like, man, I'm so stoked to see the follow-up and the follow-up is a massive disappointment compared to this one. But then if you adjust your expectations to like, okay, I don't want a good sequel to this movie. I want a movie that is sci-fi level or better that faithfully uses elements of Mortal Kombat. Yeah, which it does that. If you adjust your expectations down to that, it's pretty fun because the fights are still awesome. Yeah. It's just shot with like no skill and no finesse whatsoever. All right. Well, we got to we gotta wrap this one up. Uh, obviously, we've already talked about it. Liu Kang defeats Shang Tsung. Everybody has a happy time at the end. Uh, Sonya gets untied and her, gets her Daisy Dukes back which yeah. is somehow more dignified than her nutsack dress. Uh, <laughs> and they go back to the Temple of Light in Thailand or whatever that temple is. And Raiden meets them there and says some weird shit in his accent and acts like he did anything. And then... Nothing. And then, giant interdimensional thunderstorm, the, the temple topples and Shao Kahn's big terrifying face which by the way is much scarier in this one than it is in the second one oh yeah he looked uh, terrifying in this one basically says i have come to fuck you all up Wah-ha-ha. and then it goes portal combat and the credits roll yeah 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 and, oh, uh, we get the we get the heroes with raiden all going to fight poses which is yeah awesome. and then raiden goes i don't think so yes i'm not gonna be in the next one yeah <laughs> yeah that's why he said i don't think so yeah he's like i don't think so i'm out <laughs> that's another thing i'd like to know is why because look christopher lambert's resume is not exactly full of shining gems of cinematic achievement no so like i wonder how how you managed to not get that guy back to a sequel. Dexter's dad. They got what? Uh, De- you know the show Dexter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the dad from Dexter is Raiden. Wait, wasn't I thought wasn't John Lithgow his dad? No. Who was no. John Lithgow? He was a Not killer. His, no, like his adopted dad, Dexter's adopted dad, the cop. Oh, really? Who is it? My phone went dead off, so I can't guy. look it up because I'm running the Here, movie. I mean, Harry in the show. It's been like so Harry's long since toad. it's been so long since I watched Dexter, and the last episode left such a so foul bad. taste in my mouth. It's so bad. It's a matter of like I th- what I thoroughly enjoyed. Was it five seasons total? It was like seven, and four of them were seven? good. Four of them it's were good. Seven. I like, and that's what I heard from everybody. And I liked everything up until the last season, and even the last season I didn't hate. But then the last episode I totally hated yeah it was trash uh and then they're coming back and i honestly hope they write the wrong yeah i'll watch it yeah because it's a great concept because i i want i want 
that healing. I want to be able to say I'm a fan of Dexter. And right now I can't say it because that shit yeah. was so bad at the end. Yeah, I know. It kind of soured me. So we all back in the day, uh, I'm pretty sure I saw this in the theater, but I wouldn't like swear on it, but I'm I pretty definitely. sure I did. Uh, loved it. I always loved it. E- even when people, cause this was one of those movies where when it came out, it was huge. Yeah. And then it got to a point where sort of snotty people started saying like, no, it's not really that good. I never, I never lost my fandom for this movie. I've always thought it's awesome. I've always enjoyed it. Uh, and, and watching it again, well, watching it last night and then watching it again right now, like it's still badass. I still like this movie. And I, like I said, I want more out of it. I want shout factory or somebody to do a really nice special edition and expand on it. I, I I think I went through like a little period a few years ago, like where I was like, is it as good as I remember it? And then we sat down and watched it and I was like, it is. Fuck yes. yeah. Awesome. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Nicole, where are you at? Same, same spot. I, I think that the first time I watched it was when we watched it together. Wasn't it? Yeah. You what? hadn't seen it. And and that's yeah. why I was like, we have are you to- not on earth in 1995. I was in a really weird place in my life like 94 through like 97 was was challenging okay okay we've all had those times where pop culture sort of passes us by for a little while yeah um so yeah i had never seen it and we sat down and watched it together and i was expecting it to be hot ass garbage yeah she was ready to fully like laughing at him for liking it and 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 that's understandable I was like, this is fun as fuck. You know, like I was so pleasantly surprised the first time I watched this movie. I was like, I take it all back. So for the listeners, uh, if you have not for some reason or somehow seen the 1995 Mortal Kombat, uh, give it a look. Uh, Maybe try to get to it before you watch the new one, because I have a feeling the new one is going to set an entirely different standard for Mortal Kombat movies and video game movies. Now, it's an, it's also entirely possible we're going to sound like dum dums a week from yeah. now. Well, I guess it's uh, yeah, it comes out a week from well, the day this episode back, drops. I think. I well, think right, this, this episode comes out on the sixteenth, and it comes out the twenty third. Oh, okay. It was the sixteenth because it was the day before. No, it's, my it's the twenty third now, so okay. it'll be a week from today for the listeners. Nice. Uh, so. If in the next week you can watch the 95 Mortal Kombat, do it, get a kick out of it. And then on the 23rd, sit down and watch the new one and we'll find out. Maybe we might even end up doing a review of that one. We'll we'll see how the timing works out. I'm going uh, to watch it the first day it's available. I'm 100%. Yeah. I'm actually, I'm off that weekend and that's my Friday night plan. That's it. Fuck yeah. Uh, so yeah, we, we might end up doing a review of that one and we'll find out if we're right and that it's as badass as it looks or if it ends up being a complete piece of shit like some other movies that have come out recently that I'm not going to talk about because I don't want to upset anybody with my opinions about <laughs> some movies that somehow people enjoyed and I don't understand it. <laughs> so you guys, uh, thanks for coming and talking about Mortal Kombat! We've had a great time. Uh, it's an awesome movie, and uh, Paul W.S. Anderson. Oh, Monster Hunter! I haven't watched that yet. That's oh, that looks insane. Movie. That looks great. Yeah, I'm stoked about that. I need to sit down and watch that. All right, you guys. Well, uh, next month is May, 
which is my birthday month, but I'm not sure if I'm going to make the pick or not because I, I feel like we've had a lot of time stuff lately where I've wanted to get certain movies at certain times. So it might be time to let Nicole or Arian make a pick. Yeah, I, I don't think I've had a pick since. I think it's been a while. Been a while. Oh, um, no. And, um, <laughs> and on that sour note, we're going to bid everyone uh, a fond farewell. You guys, why don't you tell us what you were up to, where we can find you online, and put over Cadaver Candle Company, like the wonderful special thing that it is. Um, follow Cadaver Candle Co. on Instagram um, and go to Cadaver Candle Co. Dot big cartel. Dot big cartel.com and buy our things, um, buy a lot of them so that we can make more things and do more stuff, please. And then follow me on uh, Instagram at Battle Cougar so you can see my cats and dog. Popular kitten. my food. Popular kitten. Hashtag popular kitten. She's the best. She, I, I, I am not a cat person, but I am charmed by this little creature. She's very, <laughs> she's so cute. She's the cutest little pooper. Ryan Cadaver, I believe you might have a musical project that you're involved with from time oh. to time. Yeah. Uh, Actually, when this comes out, I believe the show will be tomorrow. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, so tomorrow, so tomorrow, uh, go see us at Dixie Tavern if you feel inclined. Uh, cat creatures are. Uh, starting to do some things here and there, and uh, hopefully life eventually returns to normal so uh, we can do even more shit together. Uh, and uh, I also have some new recording projects, but I'm, uh, I got Plague Dagger, which is my metal project, and uh, I'm working on another project with a friend of mine named Chris Lodge that's a very 80s synthy, uh, amazing fucking goofy-ass thing that we're doing. Um, so, yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks, you guys. Uh, Mortal Kombat rules, and we're going to get even more Mortal Kombat. More, Mortal Kombat. I'm, I'm slowly falling apart as we record uh, a week from now, and, and we'll be back uh, maybe to talk about that. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Peace out. So I've had the opportunity to think about it some more, and I do want Mortal Kombat figures, and I know McFarlane makes them, and I know Storm makes them. I want basically like Mortal Kombat 2 figures, I guess. I don't really want movie figures, uh, but McFarlane is only doing Mortal Kombat 11, I guess, and I don't really care for most of those looks. They're just, they're too much. I want something nice and traditional. And Storm Collectibles, their figures are like 80 bucks or something. That's too much. I don't want to pay that much. So maybe with my uh, recollecting vintage G.I. Joe, maybe I'll just get the old G.I. Joe style Mortal Kombat figures. Maybe that'll be enough, uh, but probably not. I, I just want some good six inch scale Mortal Kombat figures. And they're not, uh, they've probably been done. I probably need to hit up eBay. But I'm kind of just meandering right now because I'm still a little woozy. I feel good. I feel ready to go back to work and get everything back on track, but I'm, I'm still just a little out of it, but you guys don't have to be out of it. You guys can be in it with the Needless Things podcast available every single Friday wherever you find your podcasts. The Needless Things YouTube channel, which this week 
got reviews of some Marauders Inc. Uh, customizable 118th scale military figures. And what was Monday's? Oh my gosh. Oh, the uh, Star Wars Black Series Deluxe Boba Fett. Both went up this week. And I've been sticking to two reviews every week. So go check out the Needless Things YouTube channel. Tell your friends about it. Uh, share share those links, people. I appreciate it. And we'll be back next week with something special, uh, also Star Wars related. I love you guys. You have been listening to a Needless Things podcast. You can follow Needless Things on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and at needlessthingspodcast.com. Love you. Mean it. Uh-huh.